You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Drama Book Show. I'm David Regato. I'm Mark Eugene Garcia. And today we're going to talk about the book At Sea with Patrick Dennis. Yes. By Robert Carr. Robert Carr. But that's not who the guest was. No. This whole book has a kind of roundabout history of of both how it made its way to you as well as how it made its way to our guest for the evening. Absolutely. Well, first of all, its full title is At Sea with Patrick Dennis, My Madcap Mexican Adventure with the author of Anti-Mane. I mean, that's a title. That's yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> it's a title. And it got emailed to me, or at least an announcement of it got emailed oh. to me at work. I remember you telling me, listen to this book. I have to read this book. Yeah. It seems like the most amazing thing. As a musical theater writer, I'm always yeah. looking for my next project. And this was one that when I read that title and saw what it was about, I just thought, this is a musical. Yeah. This is, and if not, it, it should be, it needs to and be something I read. Obvious, obviously, things involving Patrick Dennis mm-hmm. have, have made pretty successful musicals in the past. He's got a good uh, track record. Yeah. In case, in case you're not aware, oh listener, Patrick Dennis was the author of the book Anti-Mame, which became the play Anti-Mame, and then became the musical Mame by Jerry Herman with Lawrence and Lee. He also wrote a book called, it has a very long title, Little Me, The Life and Times and Trials and Tribulations of Belle Pottery and so that, that amazing American starlet. I should have, should have had that in front of me. But uh, that got adapted in, also into a musical specifically for Sid Caesar, book by Neil Simon, who's no slouch, and a, sc- <laughs> and a score by Cy Coleman and Carolyn Lee. And it originally had Sid Caesar playing something like eight roles. And then when I was a kid, they revived it with Martin Short oh, wow. playing those multiple roles opposite Faith Prince. Mm-hmm. And then Encores did a brilliant revival with Christian Borle playing the multiple lovers and husbands with Rachel York. And they had Judy Kay playing the older version, narrating, looking back on her life, narrating to the character of Patrick Dennis. Oh, my God. Wow. That's another thing is that of his two books that got turned into musicals, Patrick Dennis is a character. Yeah. Fictionalized Absolutely. is a character in both of them. Mm-hmm. Little Patrick, who is the nephew of Auntie Mame in Mame, and then 
Patrick Dennis, the biographer who is supposed to be taking notes as Belle regales him of the stories of her life in Little Me. We don't need Wikipedia when we have David Regano. <laughs> I said this, so, so both of us work at the Drama Bookshop. While we're not doing events and making podcasts, we, we, we just work here. And I was helping someone finding some good recommendations for plays with good scenes and monologues for a woman in her 30s and 40s. And at one point she was like, I'm so happy that I came to you. And I was like, I, I swear, it's, it's, a, it's a totally useless party trick outside of the walls of this store. That's why we work where we work. Yes. <laughs> well, with this book, it was, it was exciting because it, it found its way to me and I knew I wanted to read it. And so I emailed our book buyer and said, please get us a few copies of this. So which they came in, I picked it up, I bought it, I read it, and I loved it. And then not long after, I got an email from a man named Bertie Ardia writing to alert me of this book and say, hey, this would be a really cool book at the drama bookshop. He started talking about the possibility of an event. And I was just so excited. I was like, absolutely. This is exactly yeah. the event we want to do. And it was a fun correspondence because over those next few months, you could tell how excited he was as as much as we were and the day before he brought us all those little uh cigarette holders right yes yes <laughs> the, the anti-main not those little cigarettes those very They're long very big yeah <laughs> cigarette holders it was so much fun and it was the first time that we had an event the author wasn't the person speaking yeah uh unfortunately in this case the author had passed on but it was someone who was so passionate about the book that he did everything within his power to get it out there to the yeah. world and to make it happen. Bernie Ardia boasts a multifaceted career that spans print, TV, commercials, and the theater. He played a pivotal role in productions like 42nd Street and crafted stunning wigs for Ziegfeld and Night at the Follies. His expertise in hair design shines through in over 75 productions, including notable works like Eartha Kitt's Cinderella, Annie, Elf, and the Kennedy Center's Ragtime. Bernie is also a prolific author known for Barbara Streisand in New York City and his ongoing biography project on Streisand's stepfather. Recently, he directed his energy to publish the captivating memoir, Patrick and Me, shedding light on the life of celebrated author Patrick Dennis and sharing his extraordinary slice of life story with the world. I'm very excited for all of you to hear about At Sea with Patrick Dennis. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In At Sea with Patrick Dennis, my madcap Mexican adventure with the author of Auntie Mame. 
Rob Carr and his best friend Walter planned a relaxing cruise from Seattle to Mexico. Little did they know that their vacation would be upended when they met the author and creator of Anti-Main, Patrick Dennis, on board the ship. Dennis, traveling under an assumed name, was much like his character Mame, bringing a whirlwind of mayhem, fun, and chaos into Rob and Walter's lives. What was supposed to be a simple cruise turns into a full-blown adventure when Patrick and Walter jump ship and disappear into Mexico, and later need rescuing. Wealthy widows, art connoisseurs, masked wrestlers, ladies of the night, and hunting rats are all part of this trio's comical escapades. So, don your best jewelry, fix yourself a cocktail, and prepare to laugh as you join in on a madcap Mexican adventure with Patrick, Dennis, Rob, and Walter. As Dennis's most famous character, Maine, said, Life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving. Patrick, Rob, and Walter pile their plates high and feast from the banquet of life. Today is a unique interview because this is the first time that we are being presented a story from someone who is not the author. And I'm so excited about this because this whole event has been about fate. By chance, this book found me in an email and it looked so good and I was so excited to read it. I read it and I loved it. And then you reached out about an event at the bookshop and I thought, oh my gosh, this is the book I read and loved. And in the same bit of fate, this book found you. How did the book find you? It found me because when Steve and I moved from Las Vegas to Rancho Mirage, we had very good friends in Las Vegas. Anne McCormick, the mother of Don Stroud, she was a singer who opened for Frank Sinatra. Her other sister, Jan McCormick, was Polly Bergen's manager and agent. And Laurie McCormick, who sent me this book, was a singer. And they were all had Hawaii connections, which Steve and I do. And when we moved to Rancho Mirage, from Las Vegas, Glory, being the casting director, felt that we would be very good friends with Rob and Jerry. And it turned out we live on the same street, like three blocks away. They're long blocks in Rancho Mirage, but they're three blocks on the same street. And Jerry was ill, and Rob was taking care of him, so we never really could get together. But we had talks, we shared emails, and then, as things happen, Rob died and not Jerry. And... Lori returned these things to us that Rob had sent her to read, knowing that we would meet Jerry. She was still casting, casting friendships, which she did well. That's how I got the box. And she told me, don't return it right away. You're going to see things in there that we've talked about. You'll want to go through the whole thing. And I'd heard of this manuscript. I'd heard of Patrick Dennis, who went to work for the Crocs and... And I didn't really connect it all until it was sitting on the desk. And it just said, Patrick and me. The things I am drawn to are so far ahead of their time, always. That is my biggest damn fault. (laughs) It's like, I'm interested in something. Well, in 20 years, everybody will be interested in it too. But this was something somebody else created. And I started talking about it, and people started listening. And I thought, okay, maybe this project is in its time. Maybe now is when it was supposed to have happened. It was a story from so long ago, and now it's here, and now it's published. And maybe, as fate has it with this whole thing, that it is supposed to be published now and find its legs. And I knew that the author was gone. I made calls to the family and, I mean, to to Lori, who had borrowed it to me. This this was a manuscript that came in a box to return to Rob. Rob and Jerry live up the street. 
They were ill. I communicated with phone and email, and I never met them. And after Rob's passing, Lori in Las Vegas, who is fascinating in herself, gave me this box of things, and I wanted to go through it. I'd heard of the manuscript, and here it was in my hand, sitting on my desk, almost for six months, because I didn't have time to look at it. And I took it to the hotel, and I opened it up, and on page, I swear, on page 12, I called her, and I said, Lori, something has to happen with this. It's just too good. It was gay history. It was Patrick Dennis. It was Auntie Mame. It was all of those elements that made me think this can't be the end of of this. I really just called her because I wanted to know something was going to happen to it. I just couldn't fathom it not being more. I couldn't fathom it going in the garbage or just in a drawer or passed on amongst friends until the friends are all gone and dead and fate took me by the hand through this entire thing right to you (laughs) and right to the publisher and to where it is today. I just knew I had to do something. It came to the right person, came to the right insane person, like adopting a child, I've said, and that's kind of who it was. And I've tried to protect it and guide it. It's like a kid who learns to walk. It's going where it wants to go. And it's just going, and I'm enjoying the ride with it. What was the process like when it comes to editing? Because in this case, the characters were gone, including the author. When you were bouncing ideas, who were those people you bounced ideas off of? I saw this, and I read it the first time, and I was so excited. And I thought, well, this is just ready. This is ready to go. Well, I have a neighbor who is an editor, and I had her read it, and months went by. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) She goes, Oh my God, this is such a project. I'm going, what are you talking about? It's wonderful. She goes, no, this, this, this sentence structure and, and this and that. And I'm like, okay, okay, I believe you. So that was a year with that rewrite. And it wasn't rewriting it. It was just structure of sentences. Mm-hmm. All the words are the same. They were just structured wrong. I'm a perfectionist and So I wanted it to be as perfect as as it could be for Rob, for Patrick Dennis, for the story. And then once Ian, the publisher, came into the picture, he saw more edits. And there were a few things. I'm not going to say there were not. There were a few things that in today's world, we don't set anymore. And none of them drove the story anywhere. And there were so few. And so we lifted them out. and. Suki did those edits, and they're not even missed. The rhythm and the bite of the dialogue and the way they go at each other and others is is all there. And, and that's what I loved about it. And I found it to be a valentine to Patrick Dennis from Rob. Mm. Yeah. I think it was a friendship he missed. He missed it so much, he remembered everything. He remembered all these details. I've read other things that Rob has written, but this is... This this heart here. Yeah, I, I think as much of a love letter it is to Patrick, it's also a love letter to gay friendship. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We all have a Patrick or a Rob or a Walter in our lives, or we are those roles in our lives. Every character down to Mrs. Whitten and the grandchild. We we have one in our lives somewhere. We are one. (laughs) So we want to be one, which I very much think was Rob's passion with Patrick. 
He wanted to be Patrick. There was some part of Patrick that he envied. Oh, yeah. I mean, the ability to just say something and make it happen without any any work. Oh, this is this is what we do now, and everyone just agrees and goes with it because I know he, he's that Pied Piper and has that charisma. Absolutely, yeah. like Auntie Mame. Exactly, which is what I love about it is that it exposes Patrick as the creator of Auntie Mame. Mm-hmm. People have written for years. Who is the real Auntie Mame? I firmly believe it's Patrick. I think so too. Look how we took these guys through Mexico. Uh-huh. Only Andy Mame can do that. <laughs> we know of him through his works, but there is a chunk of time that is unfamiliar with the public. And that's a lot of what this book covers is that time in Mexico and a bit of a, a double life that he led. An escape from a one life and thoughts, of, I suppose, of a rebirth, if he even thought about it. But when he left Mexico, a rebirth into a butler <laughs> where he finally used his real name and nobody knew who he was. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is kind of fun, you know, in a way. It is reinvention the entire time. I think he was funny. I think he was witty. I think he had a hell of a ride and he had a good time. And I think more people probably worried about him than he did himself. Yeah, I, I envy that as well. That ability to just be careful. Yeah, yeah, he had humor. He had the gift of sharing his stories. He had stages everywhere he went, whether it would be on a bus in a hotel lobby, at a cocktail lounge, at a restaurant. He was on stage. Yeah, we all know those people. But yes, he definitely was theater. He created theater and created drama everywhere he went, holding court. He was live theater in two shoes. (laughs) Yeah. And he led them down this path that included jumping ships, included a rat hunt, all of these amazing things. And you just can't help but wonder what's next. And you can't help but feel bad sometimes for Rob, who's cleaning up their messes, but also knowing that he kind of liked it, I think. Yes. <laughs> yes, because he was in the know. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he was seeing truth. And as much as he detested it, he wanted more. He wanted to see what's on the next page. It's it's an adventure. And poor Walter. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel Walter was kind of in the middle of everything. Like he was a little bit of one, a little bit of the other. But I do love the way he packed his bags. Yes, me too. I only <laughs> wish. <laughs> I only wish that is the dream vacation when you can pack like Walter. Right. <laughs> and what he went to, he went down to nothing. Mm-hmm. What a journey he had in a very short time. It was interesting because he, to me, had such a wonderful reinvention because he started out so uptight and by the end of it was a completely different person. And that was exciting to see. Has anything changed for you? Have you had a rebirth? Has anything changed since this journey has led you to the publication? Oh, wow. A great question. I like to send the message out that there are a lot of authors who are gone and the hands of families are manuscripts. And I inspire people always to don't think that just because the author is gone that the piece has to be lost. It's kind of rare for a book to come out and the author is gone. And it's very difficult to market it. And it's very difficult to talk about it because I am not the author. But 
this piece would be lost if this were a family member and I just thought, well, he's gone, so it goes in the drawer. And how many more are there like this out there? So it's changed the way I, I think about a piece of art, which I think a book is a piece of art. What do you want people to take away from this book when they read it? This was a real time, and these things did happen, and life kind of was this way. I think it is still in, di in a different level, and that gay friendships exist, and that even in a negative experience like this could be perceived, there's something very positive to take away from it. Look what Rob took away from it. Look what Walter had fun. Even though Walter was Walter and, you know, he lived his life looking at the bottom of the bottle, he still enjoyed his time in Mexico. He enjoyed this tossing away what he thought was his career that ended without, you know, his being involved too much. It just ended for him. And he wasn't going to reinvent himself. He was going to just wallow in the end. But he had a great end because it was with Patrick Dennis and he and he had all these adventures in Mexico. And I I think that enriched him. And boy, would I have loved to have known somebody in his family. I've tried, I've tried to find his family. I was hoping that at one point somebody would contact me, but nobody has, and there's nothing. I can find nothing on this man. Not over, one day, you never know. I really like. I liked all these characters. That was the, the thing that kept me going, and the thing that made me not want it to end was I liked them all. It's very character driven too, so it's like a book that just carries you forward. And these people are introduced, even the woman at the restaurant, and just in and characters who are only on one page. You remember? Yeah, each one of them. I feel like has. It's like a musical. Like I almost hear a song for every time they walk in, at every introduction, because it is just a "I am here" moment for every yes, character. Yes, 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 and and I I am waiting for that person who feels that because I see that I can hear a double duet in the dining room with the grandchild and Mrs. Whitten and uh, Rob and Walter. I can, can just hear this biting double duet going on. And I see it that way. I've always saw it that way. I, I always saw that this was like episodic in a way or different acts. It just seems play ready somehow in some form. And I keep waiting for that creative person out there that sees and says, hey, you want to do something? And if it's if it's as any reaction like I got from Ian, who really saw the piece the way I did, it's like a match. So fate will happen. Knowing that fate brought it to the drama bookshop and knowing how much fate played into all of this, what do you think Rob would say if he was sitting here? I think Rob would be so very, very happy. I think he would have said, why didn't I keep pushing this thing? You know, we're all our own worst enemies. I hate that, but it's true. <laughs> and we have our own fears. What we see are our own limitations. And I think he didn't know how. He wasn't, maybe he wasn't hungry enough 
to have to have this published. Maybe it was enough for him to just get it on paper and get it out of the system. Maybe he never dreamed that big. I don't know. What do you think Patrick would say? <laughs> it's all shit and where's the bar? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think he'd own up to anything anyway. <laughs> but I really think, I know, I'd, I would have loved to have met him. And there's, you know, not only, there's no history of this poor man. Who can you not look up on YouTube? Mm-hmm. You can. Who is not interviewed on YouTube? This, we're not talking about the 1920s here. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing on him. Why wasn't he on Jack Parr? Why wasn't, you know, there was no, well, what was going on? You know, where's Patrick's light? Yeah. I think this will help. I think this will help bring it back to the light. Is there anything else that you want to bring to the light about the book? I just want people to give it a chance. It's one of those books that if I found, I would read and quickly pass on. I think it's that kind of book. I think it's a word of mouth book. I think it's a read this and return it to me and you never get it back because they've given it to somebody else. But I just want to, I just believe it's going to find the right people. I think if, if this is one of those books that if you bought it and you were reading it, it was supposed to have, you're supposed to have that book in your hand because you're going to learn something. If you're gay, if you're straight, doesn't matter what station in life you are. There's something in there that is going to make you love that story. Because if you if you can't find yourself in that story somewhere, be it any character, I think you're just not honest with yourself. And I love honesty. I and that's what I love about the piece. I think it's honest and I think honesty sells. And I think honesty works on in a page on a stage a film wherever honesty goes to the audience and i think the audience for this book will will feel that and see the heart in it i think so too the title grabbed me from the email the concept got me like into i need to read this right now and the heart kept me going through it and I have handed that book to so many people here at the Thank book you. because I I love it so much. And I, I'm very glad that we have it. And I'm very glad that people are going to get a chance to read it. Well, fate brought the book to me and fate brought you to me. And now we can share more and read it. <laughs> Just read it. Okay. There's not, there is nothing like it except anti-mame. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for doing this, for talking to you and being a part of the bookshop family. It has been absolutely wonderful to have you here. Oh, the bookshop is an amazing place and it's touched my heart. And I always have a place for the trauma bookshop. It's, it's go there. If you haven't been, go there. That means a lot. Thank you. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was a good campy night. Yeah. Yeah. And we were here for... We are here with our, with our little cigarettes, our big cigarette yes. holders, <laughs> and enjoying that that night of... Of camp and heart. That's yeah. something I loved about the book is that it doesn't shy away from a tragic ending. It's sad, but it's honest and true. And so it was a really, a really good story. So next week. Next week, we've got a fun episode coming up. We had Elma Lynn's Canefield in to talk about her book, Hamlet's Mirror. Right. Which comes from the, the speech from Hamlet that acting is turning the mirror towards nature. It's not an acting techniques book. It's a therapy book for actors. Mm-hmm. It was really special. It really uh, yeah, hit me. Boy, did we all need it. <laughs> it, it. It felt like a group therapy. It really did. I, I remember coming up to her after saying, like, thank you. And I, I bought yeah. a book. I'm like, yeah. I need this for me. And this is the first episode in which we have a guest moderator. What? A ge- who is guest moderating? Well, so this guy, Patrick Page. <laughs> Patrick Page came in. Patrick Page, Hades from Hades Town. She paged Patrick Page. Yes. And y'all will get to hear it next week. We're so excited for you to hear that next week, and we will see, see you at the, the bookshop. bookshop. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.